this is the Rap Session Podcast with Alexa and Rosie. Yep, yep. Um, this is our first podcast of however long we decided to continue this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to start off letting everybody know who we are, uh, what we want to do during this podcast. Rosie, you want to kick it off? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Rosie I. I went to Temple University, went to St. Joe's University, got, you know, my bachelor's from Temple, my master's from St. Joe's. And, you know, I'm just fully born and bred and I, you know, just have a background in exercise science and healthcare, and I have a love of hip hop music. I'm just a music kind of gal. I love every type of music. Yeah, yeah, same. Like, my, yeah. I'm Alexa, you know. I went to Westchester and then Villanova. You know, I work at an auditing firm. Me and Rosie go way back. Remember uh, riding the bus, talking about Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking we're like, yeah. you know, the best. I know, we best just. musical taste. I know, in the world. we just know so much in the world. And we were just little kids. Yeah, doing we didn't this. know nothing like. How old were we? Like eight? <laughs> yeah, so it was just crazy. Yeah. Me and Alexa met when we were about four or five years old in daycare, actually. So. Yeah. Uh, getting chased around yeah yeah and like how big was that lot like it was like a parking lot it was it was smaller than a parking lot but it was nuts it was just all cement getting fed one cracker yeah they would legit pass us out like four animal crackers and then say you're greedy for one more yeah that's abuse and then they like they beat the one kid who martin i know martin yeah Yeah. they were abusive So anyway, uh, we wanted to start. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make this podcast. You know, me personally, like when I look on YouTube or I watch CNN, Fox or whatever, I think everything's biased. And I just want people to break down things to the facts. Just give me the facts. Don't put any bias on it and let me make my own decision. So in total, like that's the kind of podcast we want to make. Like we will have, you know, all these topics that are relevant to our community and help each other navigate this world with everything that's going on. So we really just wanted to create a podcast, like Alexa said, to be unbiased, but also to empower uh, women of color Mm -hmm. and to help people who have their own businesses get out there and try to share the wealth in our community. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't notice, me and Rosie are also, if you don't know us, we're also women of color. Yes. So anyway, we hope you enjoy our podcast. Uh, the first episode, we're going to go through our decades. Like, as we said before, me and Rosie go way back. So we're going to let you know, just see how everything has evolved since we were children. Like, you know, Rosie and I, we're, you know, in our late 20s. So when we were younger, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating different. my 21st for the seventh year in a row, you know. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> So life has changed like drastically since we were younger. I remember my mom with her typewriter. We didn't even have a computer, just typewriting stuff. Yep. I don't know what she was doing because she's a nurse. Like what's she typing about? <laughs> Probably like some reports that they had to do. At home? Yeah, I don't know. And well, then we had to dial up the... The internet. The, the internet. I yeah. used to like that noise. Yeah, it was it was a cool noise. It was just like a little frustrating when someone called and knocked you off of the internet yeah. <laughs> or somebody picked up the phone yeah. to call somebody and then you got knocked off of the internet. Yeah. That was annoying. 
also if you guys can't tell alexa and i are millennials and we grew up in the 90s yes we so did. we know a little something about something the olden days <laughs> <laughs> like voicemails you had a separate you know machine oh, to yeah. listen to voicemails and you had to or, record that yeah yeah yep. mm-hmm. or caller id you had a separate machine for caller id so yep. you had that set up next to your voicemail machine next to the phone and you had a, the phone with the line on it yeah that cord was, it yeah cord and then and if you had a cordless phone, you were popping. Oh man, you were popping. <laughs> Your family was rich. Yeah. <laughs> so then, like, so we mentioned daycare, right? Like that yeah. was our like typewriters were like how old? We were like maybe like I we were not in our tens. We were like no, nah, I remember being in elementary school, maybe third grade, and I had to type up a paper on uh, Bill Cosby, and my brother was on the computer and wouldn't let me use it, so I had to use the typewriter to type <laughs> up my report, and it was just like that was just something. Yeah, you know, I think typewriters are. Like, I like the noise. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It's definitely a nostalgic type of deal. And and I just think that, you know, things like that, when you see certain things like um, we're at Rec Philly in their podcast studio right now, and they have a VHS player and they're playing Clueless right now. (laughs) So it definitely brings back, like, feelings of nostalgia when you are able to see things like Mm -hmm. that. And then 9-11 just passed. It was yesterday. Yeah. And that was when we were, you know. We were in fourth grade when Mm -hmm. 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And I remember they told us we couldn't go outside. Do Mm -hmm. you remember the reason they gave us? No, I don't remember the reason. They told us it was killer bees outside. (laughs) 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 Yo, the only thing I remember is my aunt coming and running in saying to get my get my niece and then we ran out the building and I was like I'm sissy what is going on she's like get in the car just get nah I I remember everybody's parents were coming to get them yeah they were saying like you know like let's let's go we gotta go something crazy is happening and I'm like well my parents are at work so Mm -hmm. I can't leave yeah and i was okay because my friend was with me yeah and next thing i know her mom came and scooped her <laughs> up so i'm like okay it's something crazy is happening yeah the, these bees is really getting to people <laughs> <laughs> everybody must be allergic oh gosh <laughs> so get home turn on the tube and lo and behold the plane had crashed into yeah. the twin towers mm-hmm. but me being in fourth grade being nine i'm you like it is this happening in center city is this happening in philly yeah like this is crazy my parents work down there yeah so it was just a very scary and confusing situation it was really scary and i think like when you're young like me personally like i just that stuff doesn't register to me it doesn't register like a tragedy yeah like people actually lost their lives it's just i should be emotional too you know what i mean yeah i don't understand what's going on what's happening i think now like you just always want to honor people couldn't imagine what they went through right what kind of emotions they went through at that time right that's scary and you hear these stories like my one teacher when i was in fifth grade so the one year anniversary he was talking about it and saying how he had a, a meeting for his side business that he had in one of the um buildings mm-hmm. and his car broke down and got a flat. Mm-hmm. So then he had called roadside assistance to come out and help him. But then they got confused and went to a different place. Mm-hmm. So he was just pissed off that he was going to be late for his meeting. Mm-hmm. And when they finally came an hour later, 
the, he saw the buildings going down mm-hmm. and it's situations like that where you're like wow like some force in the universe you Saved weren't his life yeah you weren't meant to be in that building yeah. there's moments like that yeah it's just like somebody was helping you out yeah some force in the universe yeah. didn't want you in there yeah that's amazing so then daycare <laughs> that's a whole nother saga of both of our lives like we said it was one to three animal crackers depending on how much they liked you <laughs> there was cots to sleep on yeah and then when you would go to sleep they would turn on jerry springer jerry springer maury seeing who baby mama's this baby mama's that yeah. and then when you they, they would blame you for being interested in what's going on like you know what I mean? like, <laughs> 10 11 i'm like i know they talk about baby moms like i'm gonna see yeah. who the baby mom is and they're gonna yell at me to put my head down like you shouldn't have it on like you blaming me to being interested in an interesting show <laughs> yeah during that time yeah and there was only one tv and it one was one like, tv it, it was in the room where everybody slept <laughs> <laughs> it was one big room and yeah. one little tv yeah mm-hmm. yeah that was a mess and it was around those times where like kids actually played outside and mm-hmm. they weren't attached to a phone you know mm-hmm. it always warms my heart when i see kids actually like riding bikes and playing yeah. around throwing a ball around playing mm-hmm. tag and stuff like that because mm-hmm. it it's like a simpler time versus being hooked on YouTube mm-hmm. and social media. Mm-hmm. Like there's seven year olds who all they do is play games on their phone. Yeah. And it's like, come on now. Like there's a whole world out there for you to explore. Yeah. I think it's hard. Like even at like my age right now, like YouTube is the bomb. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, that's hard. YouTube is a great platform for people to be discovered and uh, for you to watch different things and learn about different things, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I really got into YouTube when I was about 13. Mm-hmm. And my friend was like, like it's 2000, 2005, 2006. She's like, hey, have you seen this video on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Like, what is YouTube? <laughs> She's like, it's like a bunch of different videos. And then she showed me this guy at the zoo Mm. and it was just like wow like people can actually put videos of themselves up on the internet for people to watch yeah (laughs) yeah so do you think like generation these days they didn't have the 90s to have play outside or to have non not as much technical uh advancements do you think their social skills are taking hits or do you think Uh, definitely because even as you know a person in my 20s i see it taking a toll on me because Mm -hmm. sometimes i'll speak to people and i can't make eye contact at all i'm just standing on the side kind of like oh yeah cool Mm -hmm. and it's like i'm not that type of person at all like you've known me my entire life i'm like a social butterfly yeah but i've noticed that change in me recently because yeah you're so attached to social media and not wanting to talk to someone. Yeah. Like my, it's painful. Yeah, to it is. Call somebody. It is. My That's friend wanted to call me to talk to me about something. And I'm like, I really don't want to talk on the phone <laughs> right now. <laughs> like, let's just text. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
physical pain yeah like i just it's terrible it's absolutely terrible especially because we grew up in the generation where you had to pick up the phone and call somebody it was fun cold call somebody yeah or just go knock on their door yeah (laughs) to see if they could come out isn't that astounding like that's in 10 years you know what i mean like 10 years oh you felt like oh yeah calling is fun and then now and then it's like oh i can't even imagine yeah speaking to people i know it's like i'd rather text yeah versus talk on the phone yeah (laughs) for years and years to this day i kind of still do it but i blame social media Mm. because i knew them before all of that and i knew how social they were and then i saw that change progressively so alexa and i we both went to the same daycare the same elementary school Mm -hmm. and show him you go through kindergarten through fourth grade then you go to a separate school called elkins park elementary school where all the elementary schools there's four of them they all convene in this one middle school. Mm-hmm. But the middle school only goes to fifth and sixth grade. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> and so then two years. Yeah, you you complete the fifth and sixth grade and then go to Cedarbrook Middle School mm-hmm. where you do just seventh and eighth grade. Yeah. And then from there you go to Shellingham High School for nine through twelve, of course. Yeah. And just throughout all of that, there were periods in our life where we struggled through certain things, especially in the teenage years. Uh, I was confused of what I wanted to do in life, Mm. what career choices I wanted to make. And I remember being in high school and being 17 and taking the SATs. And in the middle of the SATs, I had a little freak out in my head Mm. because I'm like, what am I even taking this for? I don't Mm. even know what I want to do with my life. Yeah. You had a crisis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at 17 years old. But I finally figured it out. I went to Penn State Abington mm-hmm. afterwards for the first two years, and it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So then I went to Temple, found my place there. I uh, had a lot of fun, and Temple was just one of the greatest experiences that I've had. Mm-hmm. What about you? After uh, after EP and Cedarbrook, you went into high school. Tell us about that. So high school was a weird time because I think I just did not care. Yeah. Like I, I literally, like, you could ask me. I think I told my mom, I said, she was like, Lexi, you know, you got to study. You got to do this. And I said, well, you know what? I just don't care. <laughs> you cared when we did that project in 12th grade with each other. <laughs> Girl, I did. Because the thing is, like, I think showing him, I could get at least a C not trying. So then, like, it would just be like, like you said, you take the SAT or whatever, and I'd be like, I just don't care. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know, like, what? I don't care. Right. And so I, I didn't have any motivation at all until, like, I got a crappy-ass job, and you know what job that is. That's the subway. <laughs> I forgot you worked at oh, Subway. That, no. I remember going in there and seeing you, and oh. you were embarrassed. Oh. <laughs> they would not give me my money. I had to hustle the man to get my money. I had to harass him. He used to <laughs> tell me to come there on holidays when the store used to be uh, closed and say, oh, yeah, I'll give you money then. And then it'd be closed for the holidays. And I'm like, well, where am I supposed to get my money, first of all? So I had to come on some random Monday and get my money. Yeah. I had to come when he didn't know I was coming and get my money. <laughs> So it wasn't until then that I was like, yo, you got to care. You got to care about the shit you're doing. I can't be living my life. I can't be just drifting along, doing things. (laughs) So 
I just like freaking that was what changed me and I was like you know what I'm gonna go to college I'm gonna try for college I'm gonna try a hard major accounting you know I'm not necessarily naturally good at math yeah I'm not necessarily naturally good at like analyzing stuff and businesses and stuff but I'm just like yo I can provide for myself this will be something hard I can try for once in my life yeah so that's what happened in college you know and it was kind of a culture shock because i went to westchester and villanova and i got my master's at villanova and it wasn't many black women there in my major and it was kind of like a culture shock where you don't see a lot of people like by now i'm used to it i'm used to my job i'm used to being the only black woman you know and it's a shame it gets to that point yeah but no it makes you feel isolated because i was in the same situation in my kinesiology classes at temple Mm -hmm. there was one other black chick who mm-hmm. was Muslim and she was like in every class I was taking mm-hmm. and I think she ended up graduating because I just stopped seeing her in my classes mm-hmm. and I was the only person of color surrounded with a bunch of white people. Yeah. And it kind of makes you feel isolated because none of those people can really relate to what you're saying. Yeah. Or you feel they will judge you. Right. And that is, yeah, like you're saying, like, that's hard and a shame. It's isolating. It's isolating. Definitely isolating. But I think, like, I don't know. Like, now, I guess now looking back, I guess I don't kind of don't want to admit, like, hey, it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I'm fine now. Like, yeah. You know, like, you asked me, am I good? I'm good, you know? <laughs> so it's just like, it was, it was just like a shock. Because it's like, well, how could this happen? Where did all the black people go? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you ask yourself, you go on the campus, and you look around, and you're like, well, where did my people go? <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> so, you know, then you're used to it, and then you get a, which I'm thankful for my job right now, I, you know, I guess what my message in my growing up is, work hard for yourself. You do yourself wrong by just skating through and not caring about where you're going, what you're doing, you know, where you're at, yep. you know, and then you'll be surprised by when you work hard at something that is hard for you, you know, if you, I'm not particularly uh genius, you know, Bill Gates, I chose a hard major and I'm thankful for where I'm at right now. Yep. So, I, I think that that's commendable. A lot of people wouldn't do that route. And mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like, my major was ridiculously Yeah, hard. you're the same way. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Temple was going through a period where they were trying to compete with Drexel and Penn. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, didn't come here for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but suddenly I have to read an EKG. Mm-hmm. And now I'm taking this exercise physiology course that's mm-hmm. advanced and taught by this woman who graduated from Harvard. Mm-hmm. But... That inspired me because she was Puerto Rican. She came Mm -hmm. from a poor area in Puerto Rico and became a Harvard graduate. And now she's teaching at Temple, Mm -hmm. making buku money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was super inspiring for me. And I drew close to her because of that. But yeah, my ultimate message that I've learned over the years from high school into college, just don't follow the pack. Be your own leader, even if that means... Hey, I'm not going to do this because of you guys are all doing this. I'm going to go my own separate path Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, I'm responsible for me. You're not going to come forward and say, oh, yeah, I led Rosie this way. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Yeah. They're going to say Rosie was a grown woman. Yep. She can make her own decisions. Decisions. Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So just being a woman of color 
and being in situations like that, it's important that you just be focused on who you are and what you want in life Mm -hmm. because other people are going to tell you, you can't do this. You, this is kind of hard. My advisor Mm -hmm. at Penn state told me I should not major in kinesiology because it might be too difficult Mm -hmm. for myself. How does she know? She just looked at me as some young little Puerto Rican kid who was weighing over her head. Yeah. (laughs) How does, how do you, that like takes a lot of like, like balls. delusion delusion <laughs> and delusion and balls like how are you gonna tell somebody like you <laughs> like you know them inside and out yeah. know what they've been through and say hey this is gonna be too hard for you no yeah so i proved her wrong apparently so yeah she's an idiot yeah so i moved forward with my life and now i'm more business focused so i'm mm-hmm. trying to make sure that i am taking the steps that I need to take in order to form my business I'm trying to Mm -hmm. create. And that's why I think it's important for all people of color who have businesses to try to come in, advertise with us and have as many outlets as possible. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, when you advertise, you get, you could reach so many more people that you didn't even think that you would reach. Somebody might not have known that you make hats. Yeah. And now they know you make hats. Yeah. Let's network. That's what Rosie's saying. Let's yeah. network. Absolutely. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. as people of color, we definitely need to be able to support each other mm-hmm. and stand on one another's shoulders in certain times. So mm-hmm. networking is always important. That's why you got to advertise with us. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please advertise with Rap Session Pod. You can find us at Rap Session Pod at Instagram. Yeah, rapsessionpod.com. And do we have it? Yeah, we have Twitter. It's at Rap Session at Pod. At Rap Session Pod. <laughs> <laughs> or you can email us at rapsession2020 at gmail.com. All of our information can be found at rapsessionpod.com. You will be able to access all the content for the show right there on the website. So feel free to send us a message straight from the website or send us an email or contact us on any of our social media sites, which are also listed on the website. So after I finished my undergrad degree, I got my BS in exercise and sports science. Mm -hmm. And I decided to go with the number 13 rehabilitation hospital in the country. There was so much prejudice in there that Mm -hmm. I had to leave that situation. I had a guy tell me, was I cleaning up after a patient because I was the only Latina Mm -hmm. there? He straight up said this to me. Mm -hmm. I just turned red and I didn't know how to respond. And actually one of my coworkers came to my defense and started telling this guy off. I had to get out of there, so I went to the number 10 rehab hospital in the country, and... You elevated? Yeah. You bossed up? Yeah, yeah, and it was one of the best experiences. I had so many people there that supported me, especially in management. I was really close to our program director, who actually pushed me to apply for grad school because she said, you're more than just this. yeah. And you need to be doing more than just that's, this. That's, you got you to have people in your life. Yeah, you know, and to. I was just a therapy aide trying to learn the ins and outs. But she said, you're too advanced to be doing this right mm-hmm. now. And mm-hmm. what you're getting paid, you shouldn't be getting paid. Yeah. So let's 
elevate this. So she, I, I expected her to just say that and move on. She said, no, let's look some stuff up right now. Mm-hmm. And hopped on the computer, started typing mm-hmm. on the computer, mm-hmm. looking up different grad schools. Mm-hmm. And she even said, you know, I'm going to bring you a book about <laughs> grad school. Yeah. So I applied, got into St. Joe's, and I earned my master's of May 2020 this year. Mm-hmm. And Superstar. Yeah, I, I, felt, I felt accomplished. And now I'm in the D.C. area, and mm-hmm. I'm just looking for work to utilize that master's degree. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just happy, like, with what have I, what I've accomplished mm-hmm. because a lot of the times you don't hear those success stories. You only hear about those stories where people failed. Mm-hmm. And in my immediate family mm-hmm. of my siblings and my parents and stuff, like I'm the first to graduate with my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. I'm the first to complete school in America, like getting a college education in America. And mm-hmm. I have my master's degree mm-hmm. and that's a, big success mm-hmm. you know i want there to be more stories like that mm-hmm. being the first in your family to ex- experience yeah. those situations have those accomplishments like that would be your motivation yeah well i see my parents came from two different islands my dad came from puerto rico my mm-hmm. mom came from barbados mm-hmm. and my mom went to school in england and got her associate's degree mm-hmm. and came to america and my siblings tried college. My little sister tried community college. My older sister tried college. Mm-hmm. And with both of them, they didn't make it to their second semester. They just decided this isn't for me. Yeah. and Which is valid. Yeah. That's fine. They tried it. Yeah. They can't say they didn't try. Mm-hmm. And they're both successful doing what they do now without a college education. Mm-hmm. But for me, the path that I wanted to go, I just decided that I needed to go to college. But not only that, it kind of wasn't a choice for me because of my parents. To me, I owed it to them because they didn't just come to this country to be like, oh, well, I'm here now. <laughs> like I, I owed it to them because they took the sacrifice of leaving their homeland to come yeah. here to mm-hmm. have a better to, for us to have a better opportunity. Yeah. That's a lot of courage and... Yeah, exactly. I can't mm -hmm. imagine leaving the United States by myself to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I just decided to take that step. And even though it was hard and, Mm -hmm. you know, I my friends would tell you, like, I always would say, I'm dropping out. (laughs) Alexa, you probably heard me say this a couple times. I'm dropping out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just stuck with it and completed it. And it was a pain in the butt, but Mm -hmm. I did it. Yeah. Like, mine is similar where my family, like, we, we weren't the richest, you know yeah. what I mean? So it was just, you know, I feel like I have the same motivation where I want to push my family forward. I want to take advantage of my family's sacrifices and go accomplish what I can accomplish based on what they sacrificed. My mom, they're from the projects. She pushed Jeez. out of there. Yeah. Diamond Street. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she pushed out of that situation, that toxic, you know, environment. And she's a nurse. She got her bachelor's, her master's. Go ahead, mama. Yeah. And basically all my aunts and uncles pushed out of that situation. So I feel like for me, like, you know, I can't just sit here and not do anything. Not do anything. Like, yeah. Just sit here, you know, after all this trauma my family went through and, you know, moving us out and getting where they need to go for me. Can't just sit here and just do nothing. 
So, uh, you know, in that regard, like, I feel like our motivation is similar where, you know, we're both doing things for our family, uh, acknowledging our family sacrifices. Absolutely. You know, to go further. Yeah. So you told us that you're at an auditing company now. So how do you like doing that? Do you feel like this is what you're made for? So I think I was meant to do this. Yeah. I think I was meant to be here and be where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, like, I've grown so much. Like, I can handle my emotions way better than I yeah. could in high school. Like, <laughs> I probably would have been on the ground crying. You know what I mean? Like, I was in high school, like, crying if I had to do what I had to do now. Like, now, like, I can handle it. Okay. It could be like, Alexa, yo, you're stressed out. You yeah. Know? What are you going to do about it? Oh, you're going to do some yoga. Good. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Meditate. You're not going to just cry yeah. and curl, curl up in a ball. That's not going to solve anything, anything. No, anyway. it's not. So, yeah. Yeah. It's no point. Yeah. And then, you know, it also, like, made me, like, boosted my self-confidence because, you know, coming out of high school, it's like, I'm not the smartest. You know what I mean? Like, you feel like you're not smart or you might feel like, you know, what were you meant to be? Like, you're, you know, what are your special talents? What is the plan for you? You know, like, what is so special about me? But now, I, you know, I see like, oh, yeah, I pushed through this. I, you know, I figured this problem out. You know, I worked with this difficult person, maybe, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm able to understand my emotions uh, so I can work well with other people, you know. So you, f- you begin to feel value in your life, value in who you are. But, you know, who knows where my future will go? Who knows where yours will go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking for in my 30s is to find something that I'm super passionate about. Like, right. I think it would be like the goal. Everybody's goal is to like make money doing things they're super passionate about yeah. and and happy. Like, I don't have to be a millionaire. I definitely don't want to be famous. But... Anything but being famous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I will. It would like if you could sustain yourself doing something that's you have passion for. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, I definitely see myself heading in a different direction with my passions and everything like that I want to be happy like you said have a family and I don't have to be the richest person in the world or Mm -hmm. in the room Mm -hmm. for that matter but I definitely want to try to be one of the happiest people in the room because what's money and oh, it, it, it could buy a lot of things that could probably make you happy, but it's not going to be the source of your happiness no. at all. So definitely in my 30s, that's a huge goal for yeah. me just to be happy. Like 20s was the trial period. Yeah. Try 30s, to find yourself. Yeah. <laughs> 30s is like, OK, like this is what I'm going to do for let's a while in my life. Yeah, yeah. Let's buckle down. I think we wrapped up all our 10s, all our decades. Yeah. So in terms of like this podcast, I think. Obviously, like me and you are going to have our own biased opinions, like we are going to be like either leaning some some way, you know, but the goal of the podcast is to have people that will come on and be able to speak their point of view, you know, educate the audience, educate ourselves on subject matters that, you know, we won't censor. Right. We won't cut out just because they particularly lean on our side or lean on the other side. Right. Things like that. So. I think with this, what we did just now, we want you guys to get a feel of us. But, you know, on the next podcast, look forward to, you know, we're going to be speaking about the election. We're going to have a reporter come and just give us the facts. You know, no, we facts. don't we don't want any bias. We don't want any like withholding of information. We want them to say the facts. This is how, uh, you know, Joe Biden, this is his plan. 
this is Trump's plan. Mm-hmm. And then Rosie and myself will make our own decisions. Based off of that. Based off of that. And then we want, you know, our audience to make their own decisions based off of that. Yeah, absolutely. I just think that it's important to focus on the facts and determine who's the best person for you, not because of your friends are voting for this or you belong to a certain community or whatever the case might be. You might live in a neighborhood that only supports Trump, but if you feel like Joe Biden fits your profile, go for that. Or if you feel like you live in a community where everybody supports Biden, but you like Trump and his style, do vote for that, vote for him. You know, like it's all about making a intelligent decision that will benefit yourself. It's not about what other people think that you should focus on or who you should vote for because it's your decision. Mm -hmm. You're an individual. Mm -hmm. And I think that after going through that period in our tens, our teen years where you don't know what's right and really wrong for in a bigger perspective Mm -hmm. of the world, and going into your 20s, discovering who you are, use all of what you've gained in all the years that you've been on this earth living to try to make an intelligent decision that works Mm -hmm. for you. I'm not gonna vote based off of what Alexa thinks, Mm -hmm. and she's not gonna vote based off of what I think. Mm -hmm. So things like that is important to keep in mind. And to get your voice out there. So we want you guys to participate in this podcast, the content of this podcast, who you want to see as a guest, uh, things like that. And, you know, every episode we will pose a question out to the audience and we'll have a poll to hear what you guys want to think. So for this first podcast, our question is, Do you think society will revert back to when we were young? Do you think we're guaranteed to have everything that we have now, 10 years from now? Like, what if, you know, is there another crisis? Is there, could could you live? These are like three questions. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll simple it down. But could you live without your iPhone? Could you live without your internet? Could you live without a supermarket? I think that would be our topic for our yeah and we'll post it on facebook instagram twitter yeah we just really want to hear what you guys think and we love to interact with you guys you know so we really want to get different people's perspectives on things and we'll shout you out on the show and say tom dick or harry posted this on facebook Mm -hmm. and said that he feels like this so Mm -hmm. definitely participate in the questions and we will not shame you. We Absolutely will, not. We will not cancel. No. <laughs> we're not about the cancel culture. No, we're not over here. No. <laughs> so with that said, we got a couple shout outs. So Danielle, thank you for the artwork for Rap Session Pod. Yep. That that was super dope. We really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Look her up mm-hmm. if uh, you want to get some artwork done. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her Instagram? DR Visuals. And then we also have another shout out. Oh, yeah. Shout out to my homie, Corey. Corey is the one that you are hearing that funky baseline intro to mm-hmm. our podcast and the ad- outro as well. So definitely shout out to Corey J. Mm-hmm. Um, his Instagram. I'm going to have to look up. I'm sorry, Corey J. I don't know your Instagram by heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I knew Danielle. So, you know. <laughs> I'll have to confirm that. You'll see it on the Instagram So Corey's post. is Corey, C-O-R-Y-J-J-A-Y, Freeman, like Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey J. Freeman. So definitely look him up. He will definitely help you out for a small fee on your 
all musical needs. Yeah, plays Sick every bass player. Yeah, plays guitar. Anything this man gets his hands on, he'll he'll he can play it. Right. That's a, he's really good. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. check him out and follow him. We definitely want to thank you for listening and tune into our episode next time. Follow Rap Session Pod on all platforms. And peace out. Peace.